Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Could not be here without you. Could not be here without your support. Do the show every single week for you, for you. That's it. Good show today. We have Molly Walker from the New York Post on. It's a uh, really fun interview. Talk a lot about what's going on with the Rangers, Adam Fox, a bunch of other things. Who knew, right? Rangers show. Surprise. Okay, let's get to Mr. Mark Messier, who will introduce the show, and we will get to another wonderful episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Fans. Welcome to the week of the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. It just doesn't stop snowing anymore. No, it, it snows all the time. It doesn't stop snowing. I mean, I think I think I was on Twitter today and I heard I heard it snowing everywhere. Is that true? Rumor? I, I apparently Texas is getting snow for the first time in recorded history and they don't know how to handle it. I do enjoy days like today where look, it snows all the time in upstate New York. I'm not breaking news there really it's called hmm. it's upstate new york crazy i know but it i i always just get a good hearty laugh out of the parts of the country that aren't used to snow and ice and things just literally cars being in positions that don't make any uh, again f- I, did, sense. I did laugh about this until an amazon truck drove into my car yesterday uh, yeah well <laughs> this is amazon I was, famously i was laughing and amazon did call me right away by the way trying to trying to make her make amends i guess it's because i got some of that clout that good good internet clout but they were mm. like yeah can we help you and i was like um car your truck, your truck drove into it. So I want Prime for Life and a bunch of other things. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. We're in negotiations. So you're saying we have new sponsors here on That's, Blue Shirts uh, Breakaway. No, the no. The only number sponsors. One. Number one New York Rangers podcast. Top 10 every single mm-hmm. week. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. For those listening at home. Uh, mm-hmm. no, Amazon is not a sponsor of this podcast. Bet MGM is. There you go. Oh, my gosh. F- official partner of The Athletic. That was a natural Got to tell you, Ryan, I might be in the coldest streak of my life when it comes I, to the I saw I, that you were two in two of your last 15. Is that true? Yeah, I think if you expand it out. So in the last two weeks, I if we include my Super Bowl props, mm-hmm. I have made 39 individual bets. You should have just bought Bitcoin, have, my friend. Not financial yeah. advice. I have uh, 39, <laughs> 39 individual bets. Look, I got, I got that. I got that good stocks money coming in on the uh, um, 39 individual bets, Ryan. I have won nine of them. Congratulations. That's pretty bad Thank odds. You. Uh, Thank you. It's, it's horrific. Speaking it's of, the worst stretch of my life. Speaking of bad odds, the Tell New me. York Rangers played the New Jersey Devils today what? as you were listening to this. The New Jersey Devils, as recently as almost certainly yesterday, had 19 people on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Is there any more guaranteed lock? In the history of the earth that the Rangers lose this game to the New Jersey Devils and have not played since January 28th, the 30th, I forget which one it is, haven't played in over 15 days, that's for sure, and have just had 19 people on their COVID list, lock of the century that the New York Rangers lose to them. I, I cannot... Now we should remind people, uh, you have to dress 18 players a night, so the, the Devils having 19 players unavailable due to COVID, mm, substantial, I would say. Some of them are back. Some of them have practiced uh, here's, here's, today. Here's the thing. Here's why I'm going to say no. Okay. Ryan. I'm ready for it. Because if the Rangers were healthy, straight up and down the lineup, they're going in there with their number one guys, I would say yes. But the Rangers are coming into this game probably without Panarin, probably without Keandre, definitely without Heedle, probably without... Uh, definitely without Jack well, Johnson. Uh, well, no, that Jack Johnson's starting the trend as though he might be able to play. So you'll you'll be able to see. But the Rangers are going to go into this game when three of their six healthy defensemen are Brandon Smith, Anthony Potato, and Libor Hayek the kayak. So there's that. There's Colin Blackwell on the top line playing alongside the just bare naked butt cold 
Mika's a Benajet. That is a scientific term. Yeah, I, 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 I just way. looked it up. It says here, uh, invented in yep. the late 1800s to describe yep. a hockey player who can't score and replicates Rick Nash's ability from 2000. Okay, that's and- enough out of you, <laughs> sir. Uh, but so if the Rangers were were healthy up and down the lineup, 100% yes. for the memes, for the chaos, for the jokes, absolutely getting shut out like 100 to nothing against the Devils in their first game back in the month of February. However, because the Rangers are going into this game super shorthanded themselves, I think there's a little bit of the reverse craziness to it where I actually think the Rangers are going to win 7 nothing. I Listen, I would love for that. I, the Rangers need, to, need a win like that, and you can't get a better opportunity than versus a team who literally just was affected by a pandemic. There's Like, that happened. So, hopefully the game... We actually am surprised they didn't say anything about the game. Uh, mostly because there's kind of been a couple pushbacks. There was no official like, hey, these games are actually happening. Just kind of assume the, they are happening. Well, the, the fact that we didn't hear anything today and Lindy Ruff, if um, Amanda Stein's a phenomenal follow on the Devils side of Twitter. She was talking about that the Devils are treating it as if this game is definitely happening. If this game was going to be pushed back, they w- while the NHL has been struggling alongside the NBA when it comes to these game postponements and announcements, if there was any doubt, they would have moved the game today. They would have pushed it back today. But also remember that the Sabres are playing right now. The Sabres currently have still more people on their COVID list than the Devils currently do. Uh, this game's happening tomorrow. The game we don't know, we don't know if the Flyers are going to be able to play on Thursday. We still have no idea. They were supposed to return to practice today. That didn't happen. They're now supposed to return to practice tomorrow. We don't We don't 100% know for sure that the Rangers will be able to play Thursday. But I'm saying at 8.03 p.m. on this cold, wintry, snowy Monday night here in Troy, New York, uh, the New York Rangers will play the New Jersey Devils tomorrow. I agree with you. Now, Tuesday. Now, there's been, there's been rumors. Uh, not really, rumors? Not really rumors. It's been reported that the Rangers could take the place at the Lake Tahoe outdoor game. Yes. I, I find this hard to believe. I don't think this would happen, but I guess this all depends on if the Flyers can play Thursday or not, right? Is is it not just because uh, it's this weekend? It's it's this upcoming yeah. weekend. I'm assuming. So I would let me let me put it this way. I would say if the if Flyers Rangers gets canceled Thursday, there's no way the Flyers would then be cleared to play in Lake Tahoe, going to California, a state notoriously that is being super strict with their COVID protocols. So I would say. I would say we'll know for sure before Thursday because if that Rangers-Flyers game isn't happening Thursday, the Flyers aren't playing in Lake Tahoe, which then means the Rangers probably are playing in Lake Tahoe. Which means they will be playing in Lake Tahoe on Saturday, which it, which would be cool as a Ranger fan. But, sure. But out of nowhere to for the team, just thinking of team ramifications, it's like, hey, it's, uh, it's Tuesday, uh, it's still a pandemic, and we don't know if you're going to Tahoe on Saturday or not. <laughs> like, I feel like that might ride on some people. I, mean, I feel like that could affect the team. Who knows? I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. All right. I guess, I guess the, the argument against it would be because of this weird season, even if the Rangers are the emergency replacement. It, the funny thing is the one team the Rangers haven't played yet in the East Division is the Flyers. They've played everybody else. They've just they just played the Bruins twice, who would they would be playing on Saturday. So it's not like the Rangers would be going into this game blind with their opponent. It it's it's really strange to realize that the one team the Rangers haven't played yet this season is Philadelphia. And the only reason they haven't played Philadelphia yet this year is because Philadelphia got sick. Right. Thanks, Vino. Yeah, I definitely blame him. That's for sure. Uh, uh, you come on. The the whole thing like Stuff gets transmitted orally, gum. right? Gum. And the guy just chews gum. All okay, the again, time. not a scientist podcast, not financial advice, right. not science is, advice. Hi, but my opinion, my opinion is Elaine Vino chewing gum has spread this disease to me. <laughs> there you go. Greg, can't, Greg, can't prove me wrong. Right Greg there. Kaplan, Ryan, me, that's our opinion. That's it. Yes. All right. Now that we've uh, got that out of the way, and I guess we could just quickly recap uh, the games from the past couple days. Where uh, there's as there was only one really versus the Bruins. We do have Molly Walker on the podcast later from the New York Post. Great interview with her. Awesome time. We break down everything, including Adam Fox and how wonderful he is. Was there any specific takeaway that you had from the the almost zero zero game the Rangers played? Other than for me, it was hey, 
if this wasn't a goalie interference, I'm trying to do silver linings. I'm still trying to be positive. I know it's hard, Greg, mm-hmm. but that's the way I do. If it wasn't for a goalie interference on Igor Sashurkin where he got elbowed directly in the face and the goal went in, they never reviewed it a prop- properly. Well, he didn't, he didn't get elbowed in the face on the goal that went in. On the first one. Isn't that correct? Although that, that's not when he got elbowed. He got elbowed after the fact. Oh, my apologies. But wasn't there goalie yeah. interference? Am I crazy here? I think you're a little crazy. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. And I, I apologize. The, the moment I think you're referring to is the one where Igor got up and wanted to beat the shit uh, – Beat the poop, <laughs> I should say. Out of, uh, uh, <laughs> beat, 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 beat the living turd yeah. out of. Um, Be angry towards. No, uh, was it Nick Ritchie? Sure. I get the Ritchies confused. There's a Brett. There's a Nick. Yep, it's one of them. It's I like all it's the uses. They're all the same. Are you talking about the one where Igor got out of the I, crease and wanted to murder that, Richie? That's correct. It wasn't the first goal a little sketchy. That wasn't and, and, the one when he wanted to murder Richie. It wasn't on the goal. I had a weird Friday night, so my apologies. There's a lot going on. Uh, oh. So uh-huh. off the record, Enchanté. off the record, of course. Uh, but I, I could have sworn there was a goalie interference that kind of got missed, and maybe I'm wrong in that. There, there was, but it it wasn't on the goal when when Richie did the drive by and elbowed Igor in the head, and got Igor it, got it, got went it, after got him. It, got it. That that was that was after the goal. Got it. That that was later on in the game, in the second period, though. Got it. My apologies to everyone else. You should be sorry. I That's am. really. I am. Really as, rude of as a host of the number one blah, 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 podcast, I feel yeah. guilt in this moment for being wrong. As you should. And many people as will tell should. me I am a joke, and they are right. So now I that got, I got news for you, Ryan, they're not wrong. I know. I tell them all the time, like, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Great job. Unbelievable. Facts. Uh, now that we've gotten out of the way, other than the fights, not really much to take away to this game. Many, 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 many good, great, great defensive assignments. Many, many, many not so good scoring opportunities. Kapokoko needs, yeah, to, I, needs to shoot a little earlier. That's my takeaway. Um, Steve Valaket has been fantastic this entire season. Who knew? Tracking the um, what I think it's called clear sight data and analytics that he uses. That's his company. It, it, he puts these fantastic. They're not charts. I, I'm going to call them tableaus. Right. Mm-hmm. That sounds a little it's bit a more yeah. French Canadian. Yes. Uh, but they're wonderful. They, they basically they they show the essentially the expected goals scored for each team. And there have been plenty of times this year where the Rangers expected goals have been north of five and it outweighs their opponent. Unbelievable, man. And and those are called steals in the world of Steve Valiquet. It's, it's wonderful. It simplifies the game in a way that I think everyone can. Um, it, it matches what the eye test is showing you. What the eye test showed us Friday is that the New York Rangers just couldn't generate any offense. I can't recall one instance where I thought the New York Rangers were threatening to score. The power play was bad, top to bottom. It, the power play, by the way, is not bad because Tony D'Angelo is not on the power play. The, the fan theories that we've been seeing so far this season, incredible. Uh, yeah, Just top notch, uh, listen, guys. Listen, guys, and I'm actually going to try and be unbiased here, which, oh. which I know is hard. Okay, Tony, I'll be biased after you then. Sounds, just to even sounds good. Tony was good at the power play, no doubt about it. The, mm-hmm. He was a winger disguised as a defenseman who couldn't defend that well. He mm-hmm. drove offense, and he could pass pretty well. He could also drive towards the net, as I've talked many, many times. Adam mm-hmm. Fox is a better power play driver than Tony D'Angelo every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. I don't know yeah, how to Ryan, say that you know, more clearly. You, you want to know what the difference is between Adam Fox on the power play and uh, Tony D'Angelo on the power play last year? It's one very clear difference. Hit me. Are you ready for what I'm it ready. is? Mika Zibanejad can't fucking score right now. Yep. That's the difference. Yep. The, it, it, it's that simple. The Rangers' power play is generating offense when its number one generator of said offense is doing what he usually does. And he's just not. It, 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 there, you, we can think of 27,000 reasons at this point in time for why Mika Zibanejad isn't playing well and whether we should read into this long term and whether this cold streak that Mika is on should be the reason why the Rangers don't re-sign him or why the Rangers should re-sign him on the cheap, blah, blah, blah. You can keep going down that road as many times as you want. Simple fact of the matter. The power play, for the most part, is driven by Artemi Panarin and Miguel Zibanejad. Those are the number one and number two key components to why the Rangers' power play is either working or not working. If those guys aren't clicking, the Rangers' power play ain't going to work. Artemi Panarin got hurt in the middle of the game. It was evident that he didn't play in the third period they tried to play him on the power play and he was at 33 percent capacity of what he could normally do the rangers power play has looked good in the setup which is what you want adam fox to do he's the guy that is patrolling the blue line and making sure the puck is being cycled that part of the power play has looked fine the part of the power play that hasn't looked fine is the finishing and at that point you have to ask the question as to why that's not happening and a large part of that 
is Mika Zibanejad. Here, I'll pull up Ryan. I, I, give, give me, give me some pull up music on. I can't believe that Amazon just destroyed your car like that. How would they? All right, Ryan, I'm ready. Mika Zibanejad on the power play last year, responsible for 15 goals. 15. That's a lot. On the power play this year, he's responsible for one. It's his only goal of the season, and it was an oopsie-daisy on a puck that he flat-out missed, and it just happened to go at a rate slow enough that the goalie didn't Flat-out miss has been the story of uh, Mika Zibanejad's He's shooting. He's shooting 2.6% really. this year. 2.6%. Now, he shot 19.7% last year, which is also probably unsustainable. For his career as a New York Ranger before last season, it was 11.8%, 12.7%, 12.7%. 12.7%. The last two 12.7s, he scored 27 and 30 goals, respectively. Last year, played out of his mind. 19.7%, 41 goals. Guys, he's shooting 2.6% this year. That's not going to last. He's going to regress. It's, it's back not sustainable, his knee. legitimately. It's not. Yeah. His, his career average as a New York Ranger, 13.9%. That includes the abysmal beginning of this season, but it also includes the uncontrollably hot beginning of his season last year. He's probably going to shoot around 12%, which is his career average. It's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But if you want a reason why the New York Rangers aren't generating a lot of offense, if you want a reason why the New York Rangers aren't scoring on the power play, they're not generating offense at five on five because quite honestly, their middle six right now, is Ryan Strom and Brett Howden, and that's just not good enough when you're at your middle six center depth. They need Philip Peedle to help generate offense at five on five, and they're not going to generate offense on the power play if Mika Zibanejad is so cold that even Antarctica is concerned about the amount of glaciers and <laughs> polar ice recapture. For sure. they're, they're asking questions. The Titanic sank in situations like this. That's how cold Mika Zibanejad is. I'm, I'm essentially saying, Ryan, in my opinion, right, if this is my opinion, I'm saying Mika Zibanejad is so cold that it caused the Titanic to sink in 1912. That's how cold he That's is. your opinion. That's not. A, That's my opinion. Yeah, I Listen, I'm trying to fact check it right now, and I can't seem to find it, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to believe you. I checked. I checked. Yeah. That's it. Listen, that, that's You're just how we are. Greg. All right, let's uh, – Let's get to five-star questions, then we'll get to our interview with Molly Walker of the New York Post, up in the blue seats. You can check it out now. Do we, well, do we also want to say – we talked oh, about yeah. this Go with ahead. Molly before recording. Guys, we're not talking about the, the Larry Brooks article with Molly. We're not really going to talk about it on the show. You want to know why I'm not going to talk about it on the show? I don't like engaging with state-run media, and that's what I consider that to be. That's it. Super that e- that's, that's it. super easy. Uh, all right, let's go to the five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question on the Blue Shirt Breakaway, you top down on podcast talking about blah, 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 blah. You can go on iTunes, leave a five-star review. We read them on the show. This first question comes from uh, HGK1993. Uh, how long until Hedl comes back? Well, how long until after Hedl comes back does Ryan Strom lose his second center role? Immediately? <laughs> uh, I don't think immediate. I don't think it should it be immediately. Yes. Um, do I think it will be immediately? No, I think Quinn will do the. Well, I like Panarin and Strom together. I'd rather have that. But if Kako's going back down to the third line, like if the third line is Lafreniere, Kako, and Hedl, like sign me up. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I. I it, Right. I, I think it's it, – I wish we did this more often as just a society mm-hmm. and maybe as a, range, as a range podcast. Instead of looking at time on ice, just look at relationships on lines. Like I was watching I, – I may have had cabbage on Vegas, Colorado yesterday, which is why I was watching mm-hmm. it. Do you want to know if I won? I didn't. You, I had over five and a half. The final score of that game was one nothing. Sorry about That's your cabbage. That's how I've been. Really, I've been Mika Zibanejad when it comes to gambling. It's a shame it's to incredible. lose a vegetable of that quality. Yeah, I remarkable. Mika Zibanejad and I have so much in common. Our long, luscious hair, our inability to score, <laughs> Jesus. losing. That's Mika Zibanejad and I. Uh, how dare you laugh, by the way. I, I didn't say. A lot of things to laugh Brian, about this podcast. <laughs> Brian, I didn't say it was on my head. Anyway. Uh, That's true. You want to know who's centering Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty? You know what? I'll let you guess. Who do you, I, I don't oh, think I you don't know the even know. Vegas Golden Knights lineup very well. No, but I do you, not. Do, can you even name Who's centering them on their top line right no, now? No, I can't. I'll embarrass myself any other way. Okay. It's Chandler Stevenson. There's no way. Who they acquired for a fifth-round draft pick before the 2021 Zero percent chance I would have ever gotten that. Zero. A guy that's been passed through and gotten through waivers multiple times when he was with the Washington Capitals. Get through waivers? He's, I don't know. It doesn't happen in my NHL. 
people going through waivers. Un- incredible. Hmm. Uh, breakaway, Paul, he's centering. Point. He's centering the top line and doing it successfully. And instead of trying to put someone like William Carlson on that top line, that's who I would have guessed. Peter by the DeBoer way. is just like, you know what? This fucking works. So I'm just going to roll with it. No one's complaining from what I've been able to see. We've had Jesse Granger on this podcast before. He's not out here raising a stink about it. Uh, Nick Holden, by the way, looking just you know like what? Nick Holden. I, I, always. I hate, though, that these guys that we always make fun of, Ryan Strom, Jack Johnson, Nick Holden, like they're all great dudes. That bothers me so much. It just bothers me. All right, let's let's get to uh, but no, to answer to answer your okay. question. Uh, I don't expect Philip Heedle. I would say it would take about two weeks for Heedle to surpass Ryan Stroman ice time. That was from a question from Max. I'm sure he was still he's still asking if I'll come on a show. I don't know about that, Max. We'll see. All right, so Dylan uh, Dylan Cunchin is next. Cunchin Cunchin. All right. There's uh, no way you're saying it right, but I'm just, whatever. Cunchin. Go for it. He's gonna yell at me, Dylan. Sorry, Dylan. Hey guys, I was wondering where you would rank Adam Fox among the league's best defensemen currently. Personally, I have him somewhere in the seven to ten ranking. Oof. I was I was gonna say behind Hedman, uh, McAvoy, Piandro, McCarr, Carlson. Uh, what was that one? Can you not say Petrangelo? Petrangelo. Does that struggle with you? Roman Yossi. Uh, all right. I think he's somewhere in the next. You're ignoring. You're ignoring the Petrangelo line. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm embarrassed. All right, in the next tier, uh, Theodore Hughes, Hiskinen, pretty much there. Did you say Theodore? Did I say Theodore? Shea Theodore. Isn't it Theodore? Theodore? Isn't it Shea Theodore? Sure. Oh no! Is it? It might have been Josie Theodore, the goaltender. I think it's Theodore. Might have been. Oh, whatever. They're gonna yell at us least. anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. There's no way we could win here. I. I listen. No. Uh, I can't really rank Adam Fox appropriately yet. I think it's actually unfair because mm. it's been, you know, Igor Shosturkin, when he came to this team, I could tell you after 12 games, he was one of the best goaltenders in the league. I really could say that, honestly, to you. But I needed to see Adam Fox for the whole season. I know we saw it last year, but he's playing at a different level this year. Let's check in at the end of the year. Let's see if he continues the pace he's playing on. I can tell you what, he's definitely one of the best young defensemen I'd want in the league. Top three, easy. Very easily. So uh, I, I couldn't be happier with Adam Fox. I don't know where to rank him just yet. I, I'd probably have him in the top 20. I don't want to make him a bona fide uh, top 10 or yet. I want him to earn it. I don't think that's unreasonable. I would say, yeah, it, it's it's tough for me if, with the NHL to rank players accordingly. I would say it would be hard for me to name 10 defensemen I think are is better than Adam Fox or that I would rather have on my team for the next five years than Adam Fox. Um, I will, I will say this, and it, this is unequivocal in my mind. He's the best range of defenseman since Brian Leach. No, that's I, not I, even I think, close. Yeah. I think that's a slam dunk. Like if, if you want me to give and heap praise on Adam Fox, I'm willing to do it while I can't do it on an NHL wide uh, platform at this time, bar none. If Brian, if Adam Fox, for some reason, didn't play another game for the New York Rangers, he's still, the best defenseman this team has had since Brian Leach. No question about it. Prime Brian Leach. Uh, Prime Prime Brian Leach is unbelievable, by the way. If you have some time, go back and watch some. It's like, it's mind-numbingly good. All right, uh, B-Rocks111. Hey, guys, love the show. Any thoughts on putting Laugh on the power play just to get him some confidence? Power play one, I'm assuming he's talking about. Give us some. He got got power play one time against uh, Boston. Yeah, because of the Panarin uh, injury. Could be a a good overall answer for his game. Thanks, Rock. I think he'll get some, some power play one. Uh, time. I, I'd like him on there. I really would. Listen, I don't think Lafreniere has been... I don't think he's looked as as bad as his, his stat lines have shown. We'll talk about that with Molly. We'll get to it in a second here, but yep. I still have confidence in him. I'm, uh, I still have a lot of confidence that he'll he'll break out and be the player we once uh, all dreamed he could be. Yeah, it's been it's been 13 games, guys. We just need to relax a little bit. If, if it's bothering you that much, get off Twitter and go for a walk. Do, do something else with your day. Oh, listen, I, 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 but I, I do want to say this. You're allowed to be disappointed. I get it. You are. No, I don't. I don't think. No, you, are you can. You can feel those feelings. You get the number one overall pick. Listen, the few you have the feelings, they're valid. That's therapy, baby. So if if you get the number one overall pick, you were excited to watch something special, and and you thought you'd get this wild ride of a, a number one overall pick that comes in and looks like this dominant player that we all thought he could be, and you haven't seen that, you could be disappointed. But that doesn't mean he's a bust. It doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean he's going to be terrible forever. It doesn't mean he's not going to achieve these great heights that we, we have and hopes for him. Those all could happen. But you're allowed to – I think you can have your cake and eat it too in this situation, Greg, where you could be a, a giant fan, wanting him to succeed and have these great things right away, and be disappointed that he doesn't have it happen. But just know that it's going to come. Like, he's that talented. He has that ability, and it'll be here. It just takes some time. I honestly I, – I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't, I, I don't think there's anything you can say to convince me where you, sh- you can be validated in your feelings of disappointment – regarding Alexi Lafreniere, 
it's not exactly like the Rangers are scoring six goals a game and Lafreniere is the only guy not That's getting on the score sheet. That's a fact. They are, again, going back to the Mika Zibanejad point, going back to the Ryan Strom point on this show, Every- going back to the fact that Filipino is injured, going back to the circumstances that have led the Rangers to the exact record that they have right now. I don't think it's fair to be disappointed in Alexi Lafreniere's game. He doesn't look overmatched on the ice. He doesn't look out of place on the ice as a teenager. He's been able to move up and down the Ranger lineup pretty seamlessly and play with different players without losing a step in his game. I don't think you can sit there right now and say that after 13 games, you're disappointed in Alexi Lafreniere. I don't think that checks out. I don't think that's a fair opinion. And I don't think we should be two people on here saying you're allowed to feel that way. I'll be, I'll be blunt about it. I appreciate I, you saying I, that. We've seen it. Top, top draft players when they're teenagers aren't guaranteed. Not everyone's Connor McDavid, guys. Doesn't mean, does mean fans can't be disappointed, man. I know that, that, that uh, well, yeah, maybe that's the it's wrong just, word. It's, but... it's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous to be disappointed. It's a 13-game sample. I got news for you guys. At some other point in Alexi Lafreniere's career, he's going to have another 13-game stretch where he has one goal. It's going to happen. It could be in the middle of a 70-point season for him, too. But it's just going to happen because Dem de breaks, Ryan. I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't have patience. I don't have time for people that say they're disappointed in Alexi Lafreniere at this point. We're watching different games if you're honestly disappointed in Alexi Lafreniere. Would I have liked I think, him to get I, more points? Absolutely. Just, but I haven't seen anything in his game to say he's out of place. Just to be clear. He's not performing And I well. want to just, just make this clear. I'm not saying in Lafreniere as a player. I'm not saying that. You could be disappointed that he's not doing the things you hoped right away. You're not disappointed. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think you can say that. That's what I'm I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that you you're trying to make the case that you can sit there and be disappointed that Alexi Lafreniere is not I was disappointed that Capococco didn't absolutely game. rip it up last year. Doesn't mean I didn't think he was he didn't have potential and all those things like of course. But you can't even you can't even compare this to how Capococco was legitimately bad. To start the year yeah, with the New York Rangers last actually year. Actually terrible. He bad. Yes. He, d- he shouldn't have been in the NHL. That's how bad Kapokako was. Alexa Lafreniere belongs. He's playing well. He's playing on a team right now that can't fucking score. That's true, too. But he's playing well. I, 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 I know exactly what you're trying to say. You're trying to make the case that because he's not scoring enough, you're allowed to be disappointed because we hyped this guy up to be a point-per-game player right out of the run. Right. I'm saying that's not true. And you shouldn't be disappointed. You really shouldn't. And I think if you are disappointed, log offline and go do something else with your day. If it's bothering you that much, you need to find a new hobby. I don't know what it is. You Crocheting. Not uh, bad. Our, friend, our good friend of podcast, Shana Goldman, is out here making masks for people. Why don't you start doing that if you're that disappointed in Alexi Lafreniere? Also support Shannon. She's great. It's, and the good news is, Greg, we're allowed to disagree. And the better news is we're allowed to go to our interview. So let's transition over to that real quick. <laughs> and we will do that right now. So we're going to transfer over to Molly Walker from their post. Here we go. Transition. Hey, we're back with our very special guest of the day. We have Molly Walker. She is a hockey writer at the New York Post. And she's a co-host of Up in the Blue Seats. You can find that on anywhere you can find podcasts. Molly, thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Monday evening. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's, oh, it's the Athletics it, Top Ten oh, podcast. Oh, you're so you're so kind. Thank you. You know how to work your way into a room. It's a pleasure. Uh, I do. I how do. have you enjoyed your few days off not covering the New York Rangers? Oh, it's 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 been nice. You know, you need a break every once in a while, but you know, can't couple cancel games. I, Enjoy your yeah, Valentine's couple, Day. Yeah, I did. I did. Hope you guys did too. Always fun. Always a good time. My car got hit by an Amazon <laughs> truck as that slid oh, down slid down geez. the road by an ice van. Well, so yeah, I had a great that's time. That's not the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the best. We we fell in love again watching our car get crunched by Prime two day mm, delivery. Uh, okay, uh, romance is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's still here. Uh, let's let's get into the integrated things right away. You wrote an article about the beloved child of the New York Rangers, Adam Fox, mm-hmm. uh, who mm-hmm. is just broken out in a, in a big way. Noted longtime New York Ranger fan who may or may not have forced himself to the New York Rangers uh, <laughs> and of way of two two second round draft picks. What inspired you to write the story? What what nitty gritty facts didn't make it into it? And what has been the reception <laughs> for it so far? Uh, well, I mean, uh, these are my favorite kinds of stories to write. I mean, you guys saw I, do- I did the Anthony Boteto one. Yep. Um, they are just always the best kinds of stories, in my opinion. You really get to humanize the player. You really get to see 
where they came from, how they came to be, who they are. And I think probably the best thing about learning about Adam Fox is that he is just best. I mean, he's a Harvard guy. I mean, that is his, that is who he is. And it makes so much sense because he's just been a brilliant human being since he could freaking walk, you know, like he, <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're everything about him from the top down hockey, like school, his personal life everybody just knows him as just this brilliant guy with you know witty commentary and just he makes people laugh with his like smart guy comments but he's also just he's a stud on the ice in the sense that he just makes these plays you know Jacob Truba was talking about it the other day saying how they look at each other on the bench sometimes and they're like did he just do that you know and and I could literally bring up a quote like that from every single coach that I spoke to for that story they all said the same thing how they all would just sit there on the bench bench and just look at each other it dumbfounded at some of the things that he was doing at like five years old 10 years old 15 years old every single age like it was just the same he just had the same effect everywhere he went but it was it was really a, a pleasure and you know getting that visual of him at four years old skating for the first time on the ice in a ranger's jersey hanging below his knees i mean it's just it's just journalism gold if you ask me <laughs> Mo molly that leads me to a perfect question that i have to ask you in your humble opinion is that mm -hmm. why Ryan Lindgren is the perfect partner for Adam Fox? Because Lindgren <laughs> just comes off as a guy that doesn't doesn't want to think. Yes. I mean, he's they definitely complement each other really well. And I think it's very interesting that they were um, on the same U.S. National Development Program team. You know, they have been playing together. I think that's – I wrote that story last season when they first – were paired up they've been playing together for years now and they just are so comfortable and so in sync and just so matched up I guess and perfectly balanced that I mean in my opinion they're they're the most effective defensive pairing for the Rangers you know have been since last season they just complement each other so well with with Adam's nifty moves and his puck handling and then Ryan Lindgren's just throwing elbows and bodying people down <laughs> on the other side of the ice everywhere <laughs> Oh, God, did you see his yes. eye today? Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, but it's it's just your hockey guy. Like, that's just amazing. <laughs> Molly, we've been watching a lot of New York Rangers in this podcast the last five years. I've never seen a person bleed the amount that Ryan Lindgren does. It's, Seriously, he bleeds for, for the New York Rangers. He really does. <laughs> it's it's almost every single game. It's kind of like I turn on the game, like, okay, when is it going to happen? It's like we can make mm -hmm. a bet of, like, okay, somebody pick the time mark, cl closest wins, when Ryan Lindgren's going to bleed this game. That's exactly <laughs> Which, what happened. I thought I thought it was also really funny that during the Bruins absolute beatdown that they were going in that second period, I, Ryan really wasn't, I mean, he, he wasn't like one of the guys that they were really focusing in on, on Weird. the individual fights. Yeah. Right. I was like, Oh my God, this, I thought this would be right up Ryan Lindgren's alley. <laughs> like, where is he? But I don't know. I guess he was like, nah, I get to do this myself. And I, I do this when I, I'm standing out on the ice. <laughs> like, he didn't want to join in on all the tussle. <laughs> Considering all the players on the Rangers roster, how bad do you think Pavel Buchnevich's odds were of getting into a fight against the Boston Bruins? <laughs> really? Like, like was, 16 to 1? Yeah, that was definitely the most shocking. And honestly, I mean, you saw during the fight that it, it definitely made a lot of sense that he would probably be the last person that you would expect. <laughs> Except actually, the worst, I, I, I'm going to plug in John Boy here because John Boy did a breakdown of that second period, which I thought was hilarious. Friend of the love show. To see, yeah, love to see John Boy joining in on some hockey. And the best was Jacob Truba throwing three punches that did not land not a single one like sorry to call him out there Jacob but he did not land a single one so honestly that was my favorite part of that entire second period but yeah Pavel Buchnevich was also a pretty funny watching him trying to fight there Pavel has a history with the Bruins he took down Brad Marchand last time they played and they've kind of had a couple of uh, sparks together it's funny because I expected the Islanders and the Rangers to kind of have this bad blood this season and these right. these fights and all that. And that just has been so far from the case. And the two teams that have actually wanted to fight the New York Rangers have been the Capitals and the Bruins, which is just not usually the case at all. A very strange turn of events in the uh, shortened season. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I, the Islander games have been pretty entertaining to me, even though the Rangers have been shut out twice nice. in the three games. Super but, nice. I, I mean, uh, they just like it's it's a it's a true New York rival. I feel you know they definitely you know they're not focusing on that kind of stuff. They're focusing on being the better team. You know, they're focusing. I feel like they make more like 
pretty creative passes, you know, during those games because they're like, oh, we're like we're trying to hang with the systematic, you know, big bodied veteran Islanders, you know, right. so so it makes for a whole different dynamic. Don't don't tell that to NBC Sports. I don't think they've woken up yet from that. <laughs> <quick period>. uh, <laughs> Molly, that, that actually brings me to my next question, because mm-hmm. it's we're in a pandemic. I, right. I like to ask this question to uh, the beat writers that like to come on our show. How are you taking in these hockey games? Are you still making the trek to MSG or Barclays? Are you uh, essentially one of us watching from home and then <laughs> jumping on Zoom meetings afterwards? What What is covering hockey looking like for you over the last 11 months? It's It's been like half and half a little bit. I definitely have covered from home more so than I've covered um, in person because uh, the Rangers don't credential more than one person per media outlet. So my dear colleague, Larry Brooks, obviously takes precedent as a Hall of Famer, you know? Makes sense. <laughs> um, I, am, I am still a child, so, you know, that's okay. Um, but I definitely, I uh, the Islanders have credentialed me for um, the three Islander games that have happened in MSG. Thank you, Islanders. So um, I've been able to cover from there um, for those one so the two openers for the season and then and then the game the other day um and it's honestly I really will give MSG a lot of credit I mean for anybody that's a season ticket holder or people fans that are you know waiting to get tickets uh for these three home games that are opening up later in the month they are doing such a tremendous job and they it's a true operation over there I mean the people that take our tests and you know take out our information for the tests are literally in hazmat suits and and it's just I mean it's a little eerie obviously to see mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's a quite the operation that they've got going there and it's it's foolproof really it, it, they keep us uh, separated six feet apart um, everything is just super well organized and well done and I couldn't feel any safer but um i know larry doesn't want to go to the games at the prudential center on the coliseum because i know that they're not doing tests before coming into the building so larry's not comfortable for that but i will take one for the team so so i will be (laughs) i will be at the prudential center and the coliseum when those games roll around so very nice um what's it been like watching in an empty arena the sounds the noise of the game has Mm. just been strange or i I, you know i've never done it so (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like I said, a little eerie. Um, obviously, there's nothing nothing compares to a, a full stadium and, and just the reactions, the crowd noises and such. But I, I will say that the cool thing about it is you can hear almost everything that they say on the ice. Yep. You hear all the expletives, all the all the celebrations, all the emphatic, you know, expressions and such like that. So I think that's kind of a cool aspect of it that I guess kind of makes up for the fact that there's no fans in the building. But I, I also kind of noticed that it's been really tough for them teams to generate their own energy and it's been a huge part of their careers playing in front of fans and and hearing all the noises and cheering and such so you know it 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 can be absolutely silent sometimes and when a player goes down especially when a player gets hurt or you know there's a bad collision or something like that you could hear a pin drop in the building sometimes and that's like always really you know it kind of takes you aback and it's a, it's a little strange but otherwise uh, the, I think my favorite part about it is is hearing exactly what they're saying <laughs> in fights and in scuffles and after scoring goals and such well it's cool well I, I'm sure the players are using language that we certainly wouldn't repeat here on this podcast <laughs> never, never. Uh, absolutely never <laughs> Definitely no innuendos being thrown around out there either that, <laughs> you know, people would feel a certain way about. Uh, Molly, talking not. about the Rangers play specifically, it's mm-hmm. been interesting from our perspective. I'm curious to hear your take because it, it, for the longest time, going back to the Elaine Vino years, it felt like the New York Rangers were having success almost in spite of how they were playing on the ice. And now mm-hmm. this year in this pandemic with all these ch- literal children playing hockey for them, Yep. It feels like they're playing really well. They're just not seeing it in the win column and the points column. How how would you grade the Rangers' performance through the first, what, what do we got, 15 games so far this year? It's, you know, I did write an article about it, and it's really funny. One of my mom's best friends that loves the Rangers reached out to her and was like, your daughter ripped the veterans in the New York Post today. <laughs> like, and I did, you know, the veterans just haven't been there, you know, and it's been the kids show. And 
that's great. You know, it's awesome to see the progression. It's awesome to see players like Keandre Miller, who weren't even expected to be on the roster, really come into his own and, and make his mark and, and garner a ton of attention for how well he's played and how he's played like he's been playing for 20 years. But with that being said, these kids can't do it all themselves. They cannot be expected to do this every single night. And they're navigating their own you know issues and their own uh i guess adjustments to the pace of the nhl and and learning how to play especially in this new shortened schedule this is not a normal nhl schedule it's almost like going back to college hockey which like someone like capo caco has never played you know like keandre might be uh you know familiar with it adam fox might be familiar with it but not all of them are so they can't be expected to do this every single night and to carry the teams on their backs and players like colin blackwell who also has been a huge positive he just you know he's not a veteran either he's he's also new to the team and integrating himself and working through that. So they just can't expect for the kids to be able to do it every single night. And players like Chris Kreider, even though he's stepping up in, in a lot of different ways, like I've highlighted, he's really been a captain to this team and, and, you know, done a lot of great things for them. But on the ice, you know, Kreider, Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich had a pretty good start, but now he's kind of disappeared. And, and Jacob Truba too. They're just not – stepping up to the plate as much as they need to have this team do so. And also I think a huge aspect of it is goaltending has been mediocre. Both Georgiev and Shesterkin, they've had good moments, but also they've had a lot of not so great moments. And for a team like this, especially those veterans that I just highlighted, they're used to having Henrik Dam Lundqvist in, in the back of the net, you know, right. and he has given them stellar goaltending night after night for 15 years and that's just not how it is right now it's not oh the Igor Shesterkin 25 years old also is navigating the NHL it's his first full season he had a 12 game cameo where he was kind of riding high from all the hype and stuff and that kind of gets to your head a little bit so he also just hasn't been able to replicate that so it's also a matter of the goaltending has has not always given them the absolute best chance to win every single night. And for so long, for a lot of those players, those veteran players, it has been a constant and a guarantee for them. So it's just, I think it's a lot of different moving pieces being put onto the ice for the first time. And it's going to take a couple games to work out, work out the, you know, I guess, not, I don't want to say rookie mistakes, but I guess work out the kinks and, you know, get familiar with each other and, you know, still building that chemistry. So it's just, it's, it's going to take a little bit longer than, and I think, than I think a lot of people would have hoped. Yeah. And I think people are so frustrated because it's not even blowouts. The Rangers have been in every single game this season for the exception of the Islander opener for the most part. Mm -hmm. And they've been in one goal games that have ended in just absolute misery in the third period, almost every single night. Yep. So as a fan, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I understand why you're so frustrated. Sitting over here as an intelligent person like myself, uh, of course, I've always said <laughs> I'm very, very smart. It's I can see the development. <laughs> I can see how the team is like, hey, we're competing night in and night out with teams that are just strictly better than us. That's awesome. But mm -hmm. you don't get the reward. Like, it's awesome to play a 0-0 game until it's not awesome to play a 0-0 game, which was the yep. it's, uh, until exactly it happened, until Igor or Georgiev lets up that late-period goal. The defense has been awesome. Keandre Miller has been a revelation. I, I can't believe this. Mm -hmm. This is a team that signed Jack Johnson, and I can say literally, hey, it's been awesome. They're playing <laughs> Hayek and Potato. And that's no offense <laughs> to either of them. Hayek, I was told off the record, like has no chance at the a a a NHL. Like no, no period. He doesn't even belong in the AHL. And now he's like, holding his own for now, at least the kayak floating along. Mm -hmm. So this is no. this is sorry. This is a situation where no, I'm just saying you're right. Like I, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought you. I, I, I Hayek the kayak is his nickname on our podcast. So anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he floats down the river, just trying to go unnoticed. Yes, we. We are big, big time journos on this podcast yeah. with shit like I that. I actually love that. That's a, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> up, up for grabs. You go ahead and use it. Uh, that's that's ex trademark. It. That's exactly. Uh, I never mind. So we <laughs> we there's been a lot of good to 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 take away from this team where. It's so frustrating as a fan because you see the team performing so well. You have so much hope in Kapokako, who just has 
taken a step forward this year. Lafreniere, who's having the worst, one of the worst starts to a first overall pick ever. And you, but you see the talent at least, and the, the, the times he's been denied. And then I can, I know why out there. If you're listening right now, why you're so frustrated? But the points will come. They will. They have to. There's no other choice. I agree. Great. I think that that it's going to take just a couple more games and maybe even a yeah. But the, the thing that sucks about this season is that 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 there's no time. There is absolutely no time for them to be having a start like this. I guess I, I should say it's they need to be getting the points. And yeah, they've had a couple of of OT you know games that they've been able to force even, but one point is just not the same as two obviously here i am a math girl that pushed off her math requirement to her senior second semester senior year of college (laughs) i (laughs) so it's just i think the shortened season really is it was just a crappy hand that the rangers were, were dealt this season because if anything having a full 82 game season really would have been beneficial for this team to be able to get familiar build the chemistry, have this kind of start, because we saw it even last season, they had this kind of start and then they had a absolute unbelievable end to the 2019-20 season. They were on fire. The power play was on fire, which has, couldn't be any more opposite to what it is now. You know, it just, I feel like they just need to build the chemistry, start getting more familiar. And again, this is another season where there's new faces, new moving parts, and they're playing against teams like Boston and and Washington that have been together for so long. Even Pittsburgh, they've just all been together for so long and they're not worried about that kind of stuff. They're not worried about working out the chemistry that it's already there and established. So, and again, this East division is nuts. There's no, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just I just wanted to fact check Ryan on his point of well, first overall pick having one of the worst stretches blah 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 blah. <laughs> just going to point out that if you take away uh, if you take away a three point game in his ninth career game in 2008, Steven Stamkos went the first 17 games of his career with just four points. That's a pretty so good one. We 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 <laughs> can we can calm down. Also, Jack Hughes didn't score a goal last year until it was his eighth game. He ended the season with having just one primary assist in his last 14 games before the shutdown. It's almost like 18 year olds when they're playing in the NHL. They can struggle because of the children. Uh, for sure. I don't know. And I Jack was so Hughes established looked- at 18. You know, I had everything going on for me. <laughs> well, Jack Hughes looks great this season, I think. And, the, you know, that's that's all you can really hope for. You know, if you have one kind of dud of a season, it doesn't necessarily count you out. And also, he came back. He put on – I don't even know the specifics. I never covered the Devils. Best shape of I his know life. He, <laughs> yeah, he put go. on weight. He was in the best shape of his life. He put on muscle. And, and that's, what it, that's what it takes. And same with Capo. You know, Capo did the exact same thing. Capo also really hit the gym and, and built muscle and came back a completely different physical player. And that's what's needed. And, and Alexi is also built like an 18-year-old, built like a 19-year-old. And it, that just is because he is. So you, you just – everybody's got to be patient. Give, give the boy some room. Couple's a man he's now. Also, he's 20. He's so also, that's great news. Well, right. He's also, <laughs> me, uh, Lafreniere's also been playing a lot with a guy named Mika Zibanejad, who's probably off to the worst start uh, in any one season in his career. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always funny when people they, – they go to – Lafreniere's point totals and obviously it's not where we thought it would be at this point in the season but it's almost like we willingly ignore all the other circumstances going in to those point totals because Zibanejad having a down year uh, he doesn't play with Artemi Panarin so he's not getting any benefit from the Panarin points he's played a lot since Filipino went down with Brett Howden who isn't exactly a driver of offense himself Mm -hmm. there's there's more nuance and context to a player not putting up points. And I, I watching the games, I, I, I hate to be an eye test guy, but I'm going to be an eye test <laughs> guy right brave now. Brave of you. Alexi Lafreniere looks like he belongs. He's playing solid hockey. I agree. I totally agree. And I really, really liked that Lafreniere Strom cackle line. I really did. And under the circumstances, not having Artemi Panarin, I thought they were one of their best lines that night, aside from the fourth line, which has been buzzing the last couple of games, which is awesome for them because they need one of the four lines to be buzzing so but I think that they really 
and I, I loved the shots from MSG um, of Kako and Lafreniere talking. And I got, I would just love to be a fly on the wall and hear what they were talking about and the things that they were discussing and stuff like that. But that's what you want to see. You want to see the communication. You want to see them getting that familiarity because I thought that line was great. I really did. Everything, every well, Ranger like fan dreams about, I'm cutting Greg off. This is what I'm good at. This is usually what he does, but I'm doing it now. Uh, the, every, <laughs> the, every, the one thing every Ranger fan dreams about, and I, if you're in your car right now, wherever you're listening to this, and I, and I say this, and you don't smile, you're, I don't know what to tell you, but the, the first goal that's either Kako to Lafreniere or Lafreniere to Kako, that scored is going to just be a celebratory moment. And it was so close to happening where Kako just mm-hmm. didn't take the shot early enough and had the ability. It's, it's the thing we've dreamed about since the ping pong ball hit. And we're just still, mm-hmm. we're still so close, Molly. We're getting there, and I hope we continue. <laughs> I hope we continue to get those chances. Greg, go ahead. Well, I was just like, <laughs> nice job. I, wanted, that was I, good. Wanted, <laughs> I wanted to welcome you to the the proud, the number one oh. Kevin Rooney stand podcast. Yeah. That is Blue Shirts Breakaway. Mm-hmm. There's nobody. I I'm at a point, and Molly, you can try and convince me off this. I'm at a point where Kevin Rooney needs to be getting more minutes until Filipino comes back. I don't know what we're doing. I totally agree with you, honestly. That fourth line, I really, Julian Gauthier, Brendan Lemieux, it just, it's a heavy set. It's a physical and a gritty line. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and compare it to the Islanders' fourth line and how much they pay for that fourth line, first of all, but (laughs) for that fourth line. But, and also with, you know, those guys are veterans. Matt Martin, Casey Zizikas, Cal Clutterbuck, those guys are vets. But, that fourth line together really brings kind of the same thing that the Islanders fourth line brings. It's just, it's a standard of energy. It's, it's physicality and it's grit and the way that they battle in front of the net, the way Julian Gauthier was crashing the net with the puck on one hand of his stick. I mean, that's, that's a veteran move right there. That is like a big, and he's using his body. He's six foot four. I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. And when we were talking to him the other day, I asked him, I was like, is that something that the coaching staff was telling you to do? Or is this just you trying to bully your way into the lineup and get more minutes and be a more like mainstay in the lineup. And he said that it's something that he's done his entire career. He's six, four. And that's what every coach I'm sure at every level has ever told him, like you need to use your body. And now that he's in the NHL and he has this big body, he needs to use it. And those moves that he had to the net the other night were absolutely chef's kiss. They were absolutely beautiful and what this rangers team needs there's nobody else that's making moves to the net like that except for julian gautier and and kevin rooney throwing elbows in front of the net that's what you like to see and that's what is going to generate the energy that is missing from not having fans and such you know that's that's the kind of energy that they need and also brendan lemieux was an absolute animal in that Bruins game in the second period the with, fight? with the Frederick. The Frederick fight was just, oh, he was, woo! When, when Frederick got up and woo! he was like, you don't want any of this. And I was like, no, man, like he had the whole plate. It's over. Like that was, yeah, the fight was over. Frederick's like, let's go again. Let's go again. Yeah, that's not how it works, like, buddy. Nice. Well, welcome. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. If you want to subject yourself to that, I know I wouldn't want to be on the end of Brennan Lemieux's fist. Like, come on. As you know, I'm not a reporter and I'm not a journalist, but I have to ask, has <laughs> anybody ever asked Ryan Strom why he hates scoring so much? Why he doesn't like I, scoring. Sorry. Yes. That's... I obviously no. I mean, <laughs> right, right, yes. to be, to put it in literal <laughs> sense, no, but we did talk to him about, you know, his slow start to the season and it was, he, he took it, you know, he knew and he was very well aware. He talked about having conversations with Quinn about it. And he just said it was something that he was working with and that he understands. He's a very level-headed guy. I will give him that. He's, he's also great because he always says, that's a great question. And, you know, every reporter, that's their dream. You know, you say that, you're literally buttering us up. Right. Like, please. <laughs> so we appreciate that, Ryan Strom. But um, he's, he really, he understands the kind of player that he is and his role on the team. And, and he's working through it. And I think that being next to someone like Artemi Panarin is a little daunting in that sense because you just want to always give the puck to Artemi Panarin. And, but that was kind of, I feel like that's a new thing to this season because last season, the Artemi Panarin-Ryan Strom tandem was 
fantastic. And I know that Panarin had expressed that he preferred to skate next to Panarin. And that's why that tandem has really stuck, you know, since last season and into this season. So it's just, I think it's a mentality thing. And I think that he just needs to realize that he can contribute too as well on the score sheet. And that it's not always the need to think pass first mentality to a player like Artemi Panarin. That's why I thought that the line having Kako and Lafreniere on his, on his wings, which it was funny. He was talking about how old he felt at 27 years old. (laughs) And it's like, come on, (laughs) you know, you know, the Rangers fans are not going to appreciate that kind of comment, but I think that he wasn't thinking about it and he wasn't, and he was thinking more so like, okay, you know, I have got, I've got these two kids on my wings and I need to take charge. And I think that he was more creative that game. And I thought he was just feeling a little bit better about himself having that kind of responsibility. So I think it's a mentality thing with him, but I, I really, I, everybody should hope that he is going to work through that. And when Panarin comes back, that they can really balance each other out and both contribute in that way. Molly, I wonder uh, your opinion on on this i i know me personally me greg kaplan me uh <laughs> when i feel wanted by an organization or a person i tend to hold myself a little higher esteem maybe put a little bit more extra effort into things that i do do you think it weighs on strom mentally at all that it feels like the rangers not only made it clear that they wanted to trade him in the offseason but feels that it's just the ticking clock at this point he it, it it almost feels like the Rangers know that he is not their guy, so they're just looking for the right reason to move him. Do you think that's weighed on him at all, that maybe that could be p- playing into some of what his struggles have been so far great, this season? Great question, Greg. Because I don't know. Thank, <laughs> it thank was. You, thank you. No, it was. And yeah. I, t- I totally think so because, I mean, at the end of the day, these players are human beings. Wouldn't anybody feel that way? You know, wouldn't anybody feel that, you know, if your significant other was, you know, not fully committed to it and was just keeping you around until somebody better or something else popped up, that doesn't make anybody feel good. That doesn't make anybody want to contribute or, or I guess have, it puts even more pressure on you to perform and to be better. And it's a whole mentality thing. I totally think that. And I know it, it wasn't it Strom that it went to the 11th hour before he, before he signed, he was, he almost went to arbitration, right? Yes. That's correct. Yeah. So I think, and I'm pretty sure we asked him about this earlier in the season. Like, was he ever worried about it? Was he, you know, thinking about it, but when it came to before it came to fruition and he admitted that it did you know he was like yeah I I did you know how could you not realize that it didn't go that it wasn't resolved and it almost went to arbitration which the Rangers have some crazy long-standing history of not going to arbitration with their players so can you imagine being the first one to go to arbitration (laughs) in like 11 years or something like that of course he was thinking about it even if he didn't let on how much that he was thinking about it these guys are human they think about that kind of stuff they're nobody can tell me otherwise so I I totally agree with you Greg I, I think that it might be in the back of his mind and it's that's kind of tough to play through and it's tough to think about and especially because everybody knows that this rangers team isn't finished it's not a stanley cup contending team yet there's just you know there's no way kids need to grow up and there are a couple moving pieces that still need to be moved and and replaced so yeah i i definitely think that that could be a factor of it yeah it it feels like it happened so long ago that maybe we don't think about it as often but there, there got it got to a point with Ryan Strom where it was a not zero percent chance the Rangers were just going to walk away from him entirely Insane. Mm-hmm. and just let him become a free agent. And I, we, we, I, I admit it, Ryan, we haven't talked about it on the podcast since it happened. I like, like you said, it, it has to be weighing on him a little bit. That I don't think, again, just my opinion. I don't think that any organization has ever made it clear that just like you're kind of just here to keep the seat warm for someone else, and it's. I, I think it showed a little bit in his play so far this season. But also, For imagine sure. they let him walk, and Mika Savinojad was the center he is right now. Who was the center mm. on this team? <laughs> like, Kevin Rooney. Yeah. Go back to Kevin Rooney. There. This is a big Kevin Rooney podcast. Well, let's, let's not forget about Filipino. Even though he is on the IR, he is still here, and he was doing tremendously on the COVID before list he too. was injured. Just saying. Yes, he is. He is. But but um, he, was, he had taken – Tremendous strides in my opinion. Of course. I, I was just talking yeah. right now, Molly. When, when Filipino gets <laughs> well, back, let's not I'll be forget. 
Let's not forget. Let's not forget Heedle's there because he's definitely going to be a part of their future, I think. For sure. I'm still I'm still bummed about the Heedle injury. Same. He was <sighs> he was taking the leap at the perfect time. I know and him and Kaka look so good together and they're good friends. They yeah. It was a nice story. It was Ugh. it was either it was either <laughs> it was either Heedle or Buchnevich that was the best Ranger forward to start this season. And that injury just came at just the worst possible yeah. time. And it, it had to have been bad, you know, whatever it is. Obviously, we won't find out until maybe he tells us if we're lucky. But, um, I mean, it was the, the that, worst Molly, does time. that frustrate you, by the way? The fact that we'll just never know what the hell these – we know We know Jack Johnson apparently doesn't have a groin. But if it's not <laughs> Jack Johnson, we just will never know what happened. Like, Keandre Miller missed the rest of practice today with an upper right. body injury, and we don't know if he's playing tomorrow. Does right. it frustrate you at all that the Rangers aren't just going to be like, yeah, he hyperextended his elbow or something like that? Um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, you got to walk the line there. I mean, at the very least we get a categorization, lower body, upper body, you know, that's, I guess, all we can ask for at the very least. But I guess that, yes, these players, you know, are entitled to their privacy and such like that. But with, I guess, with Philip Hedl in particular, you know, getting a four to six week timeline, I think warrants a more detailed, you know, answer in my opinion it would be preferred and also just for a better context and understanding because it also allows reporters to question how he's being handled I guess you know in and with Artemi Panarin you know when they sent him back out there on the power play it it allows us to be like it was a knee you know why did you do xyz you know like it just kind of opens the door for more pressure from the media which obviously no team wants but so I get it but I do sometimes wish that we were able to get the full picture and have a full context understanding because it it makes our jobs easier in the sense that we can ask the right questions and we can you know that's a big part of sports too I mean you saw with the Yankees you know we could we could go there if you want you know the Yankees had injury after injury after injury two seasons ago. And it was ridiculous. It was like, well, somebody talked to the medical staff. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing that's (laughs) wrong? Because at that point, who else do you point the fingers at? Like, their, I guess, pre-training and and their pre-game warm-ups and stuff, something had to change. Something had to give because it literally was player after player after player. So that's the kind of things that I think about because – it just allows reporters and the media to, I guess, hold the team to the fire when when things are going away or when, you know, they put Artemi Panarin back out on the ice after he was visibly hurt. You know, what? why? Why Why did you do that? Why did you make that decision it, if, if you're telling us it was a knee or, or a shin or whatever, you know? My final question of this podcast, because we've been notorious Quinn supporters during the Fire Quinn era of, <laughs> of Twitter. Somehow, and I don't know how that is, we are now the Positive Podcast. Has Quinn said <laughs> anything else about alternating goalies? You know, obviously the incident happens. That's what we call it now, by the way. The incident happens. Georgiev doesn't play, <laughs> doesn't play a couple games. Uh, Igor gets a couple starts. Georgiev then rotates in. Is he, Has he mentioned at all sticking back to the alternating goalies, or is he trying to just find his goalie at this point? He has not said anything about his strategy with the goalies, and, and it's – it's a little peculiar, not in the, I don't think that anybody's really asked him about it lately, if I'm being honest. Um, But it was also very interesting. The game with the Islanders. I mean, yes, Chester, that was really, that was a coach's decision. That was all eyes on Quinn. Who were you going to put in net? You got a hot Igor Shesterkin, but you also have noted Islander killer, Alexander Georgiev too. So I mean, it was really, it was a a balancing act and it was really, you know, all eyes were on Quinn and who are you going to put in net? And he ultimately went with Shesterkin. If he went with Georgiev, could it have been a 0-0 game? Totally. Georgiev has shut out the Islanders three times, I think, in his entire career. That's nuts. So that's something to take into consideration. And that also warrants, you know, Quinn getting questioned in that sense. But I also, you see the case for having Shesterkin in net too, because he is the presumed number one and the presumed player to take over for Henrik Lundqvist. So uh, you see both sides, but yeah, it's definitely been a little strange as of late. It's just, I guess, uh, 
it's just down to Quinn. Yeah, I guess it's just how he feels, a gut feeling. It might be that way. I, I could ask him about it tomorrow and, and let you know. Hey, appreciate <laughs> it. Greg, any final questions? Well, to be fair, I, I know Quinn, I don't know if it was before the game on Friday or whenever, but I know he said that the rotation was done. He's just going to play the hot hand the rest right. of the way. Um, uh, do I have a last question? That's that's a Ryan, great that's question. A good question. That's a great question. Uh, Thanks, Greg. <laughs> so courteous. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess I guess Molly, just to put a bow on David Quinn talk. Um, sure. We've obviously talked about it a lot on this podcast. I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about it over at the posts up in the Blue Seats podcast. Find it anywhere that we should find plug your right podcast. Here. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you do you think the chorus that has become Twitter a little bit the Fire Quinn? mentality do you think that's a little unwarranted do you think it's warranted what is your opinion i think it's on i think it as as fiery as it as it's been is unwarranted 100 i think it's definitely been overkill and i think that's just a bunch of frustrated fans you know just looking for somebody to point fingers at and but if you really look down to it the things that they're calling for him to be fired for is allotted ice time and development of the young players when really you could make the case that the young players have been developing tremendously in my opinion they they are coming along and they are learning and that was what he was brought in to do you know he's a he was a college hockey guy and he was brought in because he was known to be just a developing whisperer kind of kind of coach and they knew that they were going to have a young team on the horizon and that's that's literally what he does and those are the types of players that he's familiar with working with so his specialty works out with the way that this team is built right now so I think that people are just frustrated and they want to point fingers at somebody but Quinn really hasn't you know he's just been doing his job he's just been developing and you know focusing on on the young kids which is exactly what they wanted him to do so I think it's it's a little a little too much for sure the 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 pitchforks and and the fire <laughs> you know calling for Quinn to be fired I definitely yeah, think that he needs some more time but Julian Gauthier only got nine minutes oh in his last God. game yeah. <laughs> what are we doing we're stunting Julian Gauthier's growth here. <laughs> Gauthier should be on the top line for crying out loud <laughs> him and Kevin Murray, move him on up what are we doing I don't know exactly Molly exactly. cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us why don't you go ahead and plug your Twitter plug the New York Post and your podcast up in the blue seats that you can find on iTunes and every other place you can find podcasts what about everything anything I missed there you do it all nope I, I think you think you covered everything my twitter handles with two e's and two r's there you go that's that's it all right can't thank you enough we're also going to sign off right now uh as we end the podcast so you can follow me on twitter at orion media you can follow greg at blue shirts break we will be back next week we love you all thanks to molly thanks to everyone that listens thanks to everyone that supports us bye